Welcome to That Comic Smell Podcast. With your host, Tom Stewart. Hello and welcome to That Comic Smell. Yes, it is an episode with just predominantly myself, but it is a special one. It is when I was visiting the Dundee Zine Fest when I was selling for David and his Fred Egg comics. He couldn't make it, so old Tom Stewart jumped in and uh, hopefully did him proud. I don't know. What you are about to hear is a couple of interviews with the organisers and some of the people who were tabling at the Dundee Zine Fest that happened last weekend. So it was really, really fun. I had a really good time. Um, there will be an extra bit added on at the end as well. I didn't get a chance to run out of time to meet up with Olivia. Olivia Hicks. Um, I was meant to be speaking to Olivia and Zoo, who were both tabling beside each other at the event but I never got a chance so I'm catching up with Olivia after it and I'll interview her and ask her what she thought of the fest and ask her about her new books so you'll get that added on at the end. Now before we go on with the show though I'd like to play a little bit from a- another absolutely stellar comics podcast. Welcome from the Lakes International Comic Art Festival podcast. My name's Ian. And I'm Nikki. And our podcast is all about, surprise, surprise, comics. We interview big and upcoming names from the comic world. We also review the latest in comics, graphic novels and comic-based films. We also chat about what we've seen, what we've enjoyed and what we're playing in our pop culture section. Uh, So listen to us, you'd be mad not to, at comicartpodcast.uk on all your usual podcast players. And find us on Twitter at Comic Art Fest Pod. Hope you enjoyed that. Nip across to the Comic Art Festival podcast. Nikki, Ian, Pete and Mike run an absolutely fantastic podcast. It's informative, funny and has some great interviews as well. Like, share and subscribe and rate and review their podcast. Okay, folks, now on with the regular show. Okay, so I'm here at Dundee Zine Fest. I'm going to be uh, selling stuff for David and his Fred Egg comics. We're just waiting on uh, John Adam turning up, Joe Needham. Uh, at Joe Needham, the man behind Chart Smasher, our themed song. So, um yeah, hopefully I'll get out and uh, speak to some of the people that are here and uh, see what kind of things they've got on sale and uh, I'll let you know how the first Dundee Zine Fest goes and um, I'll hopefully speak to some of the, um, the organisers as well but yeah, Dundee Zine Fest, the first one Okay, so I am here with uh, Katrina Laird Hello Hello <laughs> uh, We are going to uh, quickly discuss what you have got on offer today at the Dundee Zine Fest? Fair? Fest? Yes, fest. 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 Okay. 
what have you got with you today? So what I've, I've got a bunch of notebooks that have my own design on the front cover. A couple of them are on recycled paper. Some others are not because I got them on the wrong paper. That's the only <laughs> reason why. Um, so points, points off for me for the environment. But I also have a whole bunch of badges that I've designed. Um, I've got my two chapters of my webcomic Chimerical and the Which single... Which is awesome, by the way. Thank you. I'm very proud of it. I, I, love, my, I love my son, my, my <laughs> a horrible, horrible son who makes monsters in his lab. Um, and I've also got Stinger, as per usual. Mm -hmm. um, I've got copies of the Inkthology, which um, we did uh, as part of Inkpot Studio. Um, and we spoke about it. Yes, well. we spoke about yeah. it. Yeah. And I've also got Ashlyn Larkin's Fundee with me um, ah. to sell on her behalf, uh, which is about her sort of emotional journey through uh, her years at university. So, um, yeah, that's about everything I've got. Fantastic. So, um, tell us a little bit about a uh, stinger. Stinger I made in my final year at uni um, as one part of my degree, and um, it's about a girl who deals with her phobia. Um, but you don't actually realize it's it's a manifestation of her phobia at the beginning. It's this giant wasp that manifests its, itself. Okay. Um, and follows her around and then as you go through the story you realize at the end that it's her mind blowing it out of proportion and she catches it at the end and her friend um, who's accidentally let this wasp into her house um, <laughs> she uh, get, she commends her on um, being brave enough to handle it because she could tell that it was really troubling her yeah. and it's kind of a reflection on my own phobia of dogs because I was really really bad with dogs until friends just kind of commended me for little things that I was doing okay. and just like not immediately crossing the road when a dog was walking past right. and stuff like that so I have got better at it over time it's not totally gone no. but it's kind of it's a reflection on that and it won the SICVA for up and coming talent in 2017 yes. so that was a surprise I did not expect that <laughs> Um, so yeah, Fantastic. that's well. It's uh, it's quite a, a prominent um, thing with uh, wasps. Seeing so, I have a very big fear on wasps yeah. myself. So it, yeah. it rang pretty true when uh, when I was reading through it. So that's why I was uh, wanting to get you to tell us I, a little I bit. I didn't have a pho uh, phobia of wasps at all. And then yeah. right after I finished it, when I was in my flat, this queen wasp got into our house, and oh, I was just God. like. I'm not going near that. I've written a comic about this and I'm not touching it anymore. I know what that thing will do. I made it up myself. So we just had to let it die because I was not walking outside. I just sort of opened my door and it was buzzing around the light fitting and I just closed my door again. <laughs> the flatmate can deal with that. Yeah, exactly. I, and I'm seeing you have uh, your little uh, yeah, postcards with you. Yeah, I've got promotional or? postcards for Nasty Girls as well, which um, I originally made to promote the Kickstarter. But since that's over, I'm just kind of given them out for free so that people can um, like the Nasty Girls page on Facebook mm -hmm. and uh, they can get notified when um, the comic is available online. So it's very, very close to being finished. I'm the one who's going to be putting together the whole book and everything, okay. so I'm yeah, just yeah. waiting for the, the letter to come back Perfect. and I can start putting it together. So it'll be available very, very soon. I'm very yeah. excited about it. <laughs> it looks great. Um, it, it was a successful as well, wasn't it? Because yeah, yeah. Really we, successful we made just about double um, our original goal yeah, so we were yeah. able to do things like get uh, an alternative cover by Gary Erskine and one of my old uni friends Alice Carnegie she did a poster for the one of the Kickstarter goals as well okay. so everybody will be able to get that um, back to Kickstarter um, 
a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So cool. Very exciting. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for speaking to us. My pleasure. <laughs> Just call me, call me sir. <laughs> okay, sir. <laughs> uh, I am here with the one and only chart smasher himself, the man who opens and closes our podcast, Joe Nida. Uh, Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? <laughs> oh, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, yes, our ta- my table mate for the day whilst I look after uh, Fred Egg himself, David Scott. So, uh, yeah, how's it going? It's going good. It's uh, it's been a really nice day so far. Uh, lots of very friendly people, nice chats, uh, lots of good stuff on display. Uh, who could ask for anything more? Yeah, you seem to be handing out an awful lot of little zines as well. It's yeah, uh, I, I want people to have something. Like, if I don't make any money, I'm all right with that. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's nice to just have. I'm feeling like I kind of brought the right collection though. I've got one which is really not child appropriate, and one which really is child appropriate. So, yes. so I feel that yeah, and even split of both are going, which yep. is nice. You've also, like, you're, uh, you've kind of got a theme going on here as well, you know, surreal chaos, psychedelic horror. Yeah. You've got Spore over here that literally is uh, some of the creepiest things I've ever read, but they're in the best way possible. I don't know why they're putting people off. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the, small, the small child that ran and cried earlier on, I don't know what that would be doing. They, they, they couldn't handle it. That was their fault. It's not me. How dare they? How dare they? Um, Actually, one of the best reviews I ever got was um, for Spore. Somebody reviewed it as uh, genuinely disturbing, and I will, I will take that too. I, that's what I want. I want something that's going to be. I don't know. I'm always excited and interested in things that do kind of leave a lingering effect, like yeah. a film you watch or a book you read, and it's got that kind of oh, something. There's something a bit, a bit wrong there, and it makes you think about it more. And I don't know. I just I really find that that's where I naturally end up, totally. which is quite nice. Um, Ter- Terror from the other side. Yeah, that is a uh, that is a special special kind of book. Um, I think I went a bit too dark with it when I look back. I don't know. It's, it works. But, it works quite well. It's, uh, tell, tell us a bit about it. Um, give us your give us your your rundown without ruining anything. Without ruining anything. Okay. Yeah. It's um, uh, I was very interested in cabin in the woods style horror films and also films where things fall apart like the narrative falls apart or the reality falls apart in it as well so uh, like that I was talking about the film Kill List before the way it's something that as you're watching it it just doesn't make sense necessarily and it leaves that space for you to figure out what's going on for yourself and that's something I've spoken about it before with Treehouse we spoke about I love how you pick up a comic as a kid and you don't really know what's going on it's like number 78 of something and you're like I don't really know what happened before or after so you need to fill in the blanks a little bit so I'm really interested in things falling apart and deconstruction and things going from reality through to abstraction and things like this so but Terror from the Other Side was that kind of idea of something falling apart the further you read it but then a bunch of other kind of uh, narratives and ideas and things I'm interested in kind of peek their way through it and uh, I don't know I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of things I'm interested in like uh, yeah a lot a lot of things as well I feel it's, like it's a lot to talk it's, about. Uh, it's a good um, I was saying to you before it's a good interesting style it works very well for the kind of story the stories that you want to weave as well mm. um, but I also one thing that I always uh, noticed for yours is done on like graph paper. Yeah, and it's the same yeah. with Terror from the Other Side. I thought with you having like a bigger book, it wouldn't be on the graph paper, and I was glad to see that you've done the kind of graph paper still throughout it. And um, what's the um, 
what, what's, what's the thing? What's the thing with the graph paper that kind of hooks you in? Is it just uh, kind of putting your own little stamp on it? Or? Oh, I like I, I like the look of it first of all. I like the fact that I'm, I'm really bad at. I had a realization a while back that I couldn't work on nice sketchbooks. Okay. Like I just can't do it. So if I get a nice one, I'm worried I'm going to screw it up, and so therefore I can't draw anything, and I end up doing like two pages. Right. But then. I started using cheaper sketchbooks and the paper quality I quite liked and things, yeah. I got used to that. But then also, this kind of overcomes maybe a blank white sheet and it gives you a, a border to work in and kind of a framework to work inside of as well. So it's it's almost like it takes the first step and then you can just work on top of it. And it's also it's proven very useful for uh, paneling and mapping out and knowing sizes of things. And, I don't know, I just like the fact the fact that there's no empty space. I love the busyness of I like making stuff busy. It's good. Yeah. It's it, there's almost like a it's almost like a kid writing on his any school jotters kind of thing yeah. about it as yeah. well, which is good. Which I tend to find a lot of people find themselves at the most creative stages when they're sitting yeah. writing on a jotter. You well, know, so. That was how the first one, the first uh, Safe From Home came about, was just it was completely made up as I went along. Right, so okay. I just literally, no penciling, just inks, and I just drew panel by panel and went through and just built up and kind of figured out the style I liked as I was making that. You're a brave man. And then, but then since then, then I went and did Terror and that was much more traditional pencil on page and then using all the ink and building up the layers and stuff and then I've just kept kind of the terror approach for the other ones so it's all starting with pencil and then building about seven or eight layers of different kinds of materials on top of it and building up as well so cool. yeah fantastic. so uh, where can everybody find your uh, find your work uh, you can find it at uh, Special Dudes Comics. That's uh, comics with an X. Yes. Yep, instead of a CS. So Special Dudes Comics. Uh, bigcartel.com. Or just find me on Twitter at Joe Needham, and I will send you in the right direction. Your lovely cover photo of uh, Brian Cranston. I was thinking about that this morning. <laughs> like, I, it's I got I started using Twitter years ago, and I never used it. And the first thing I did was put that photo on there. And it's possibly my favorite episode of Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> Just it's so funny. Just for that line with, oh, you greasy goons. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, John. Thanks for Thank you. So I am here with our uh, table mates, our, our other side of the table. Uh, I'm Ruri. I'm from Eating Paper Zines. And uh, what have you got with you today, Rory? Uh, today I have uh, a whole bunch of zines based on some of my kind of personal ephemera collections. So I've got one about badges, one about beer mats and coasters, kind of from the 70s and 80s. I've got one about sweet shop like jar labels from the 90s. Um, uh-huh. So they're all kind of, I thought, quite interesting because I get to see my collections all the time, but it's nice to share it, you know? Yeah, definitely. And it's like... A- we were saying just there it's a nice unique thing it kind of gives a nostalgic twinge for uh, for some people especially with like the beer coasters and stuff every every person's been in a pub and had a pub lunch absolutely absolutely and it's funny how some of the things in in that context have become very out of date some of them i think there's one in there that mentions uh, drink driving and it says don't have too much you know <laughs> just t- take it easy uh, and it's wild it's wild that, that that was just the context in which we all lived yeah, yeah. So is, is this actually, is this bits from your personal collection? Yes, yeah. yeah. Just stuff right, I picked okay. up over the years. Okay. Have, have, they been, have they all been yours or were they somebody else's sort of passed down? Well, uh, usually what happens is I find like someone else's collection and that really catalyzes a collection for myself. Okay. So the beer mats and coasters one, I had a big purchase from an auction. And it wasn't oh. expensive, it was, it was someone else's like entire collection of these things. 
and subsequently I've gone out and bought more and added to it and improved on it and you know filtered out in bits and pieces but yeah. there's usually something something that catalyzes collecting for me Okay, cool. And uh, what's some of the other stuff you got here? I'm seeing a wee uh, McDonald's bag over here. Yeah, so we, we uh, I also collect um, McDonald's Happy Meal toys. Nice. Uh, so I put together a, a, a fakey Happy Meal, okay. and it's got two toys and a zine. And I think personally that's better than an actual Happy Meal because yeah. you know it's double the toys. <laughs> um, and yeah, we've got a few other bits. Um, we've got some lovely uh, mono print uh, pattern exploration zines. Uh, we've got some, my, my partner uh, did a lovely zine where she sat and uh, traced out the pattern on the rug in the living room, okay. um, so she's put together a few of those. Uh, yeah, it's a nice little selection of bits. Cool. Oh, fantastic. Now where can everybody find your stuff? Uh, well, this is our very first time doing this, okay. so uh, we're, we're new to it. I am on Twitter as at rookie underscore one, uh, that's the word one, um, but we're getting ourselves sorted out for moving forward for the next zine fair. Cool. Fantastic. Thanks very much. Thank you. So I'm here with the DJ CAD Zine Library folks. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, tell us uh, who you are and um, what the, the Zine Library is and how it started, if you have a minute. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm Jack McAllister and I'm in fourth year at the art school. Um, I'm Lizzie Day. Uh, I just graduated from Fine Art at the Art School and I'm back just now doing the graduate residency. Okay. Uh, so it came about last year through the student curatorial team at the Cooper Gallery do. So we were all members of that and just through workshops we had like, I don't know, like just thinking about yeah. what people were interested in to do events, like the yeah. ecology to just try and do something. So we kind of all chatted and it ended up being three of us, it was us and uh, Kirsty as well. Uh, Kirsty Reed, yeah, who was just, also just graduated from Fine Art. Right, okay. And we just, yeah, I think we just kind of start chatting and then I think it's a good, the best way to do things is just to set a date and then you just kind of have to do it. Right, and work towards it, and especially because me and Kirsty were in our last year, we obviously were working towards degree shows, so we decided, right, we've got to get this done post-dissertation and before degree show gets crazy. <laughs> so we went for an April deadline, basically. Yeah, we just booked the space. Uh, I can't even really remember exactly how it came out. Yeah. We just decided that loads of people in uni were kind of making magazines and stuff as part of, like, Instead of doing sketchbooks for assessment, or like as well as, and just then after assessment, sometimes you just have all the stuff and you don't really know yeah, what to do. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people would throw things out, and I still have friends now who throw loads of stuff out from assessment. I'm like, it's all beautiful things that I would love to have if I had enough space. So it's kind of about making a resource library that students could access um, and staff could access that, that sort of showcase the variety of things being made in multiple departments. Like, it's not just illustration students who make magazines, it's not just uh, animation students who draw cartoons, it's not. So, it's like much wider than that. And yeah, there's yeah, like, yeah, the range of like qualities, it's quite like nice. Some are really like handmade and some are really like polished mm. and professional. So, I think it's to show. And some are just really silly and some are really serious. Like you can. Oh, it's like today, just looking at everything around here as well. Like it's all diverse. Everything's totally yeah. different. There's some like more on the sort of more comic scale. There's some that are just like sort of fanzines, sort of right. pasted together pages and whatnot. It's yeah, it's it's, it's a, a unique little thing. So yeah, some are just one-offs, like me right right that are made to sell like we've got some here like that like this is a great one that's uh things i don't want from argos that is literally just an argos catalog 
So that's one of a kind, like that's not going to be remade, that's no. something that would be made for a joke basically and then chuck some bin. So it's like things like that to like hang on to yeah. what I wanted to do. And Danny produced loads of all these ones for his degree show and sold like, he had multiples of floors. Like, he had yeah, hundreds of books. Hundreds of books. Wow. Like, he did yeah, huge he edition all, boxes. He submitted so many but he made like, yeah like, and he's a fine art guy, so, yeah, it's, yeah, so yeah. it's like thinking about like that's what So you what do get a like. massive broad scale of mm. people submitting. Yeah, so yeah, we just opened submissions. We got so many, it's really nice. So we just exhibited them all with the zine making thing. We yeah. had some people done like readings from their zines and stuff, which was quite cool. Yeah. So yeah, we're just trying to get it back on track, try and get it. Uh, ideally, we'd like to get it into the library and the art school, so it's like properly yeah. there. Have you had a lot of submissions today? We have, yeah, like a pile on the top there, and then a couple of people already had submitted to us before, so we just put them straight in their nice. section. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been good, but yeah, I think just getting it back on back off the ground. Yeah. yeah. Getting people. We need some younger people because I'll be leaving too, so we need some second years yeah, like, to take on the. June party. is our cutoff, basically, isn't it? Like that's right, the last okay. of us with it. So. So how do people submit to? The so it's, it's an in-person thing just now, okay. but um, we normally have a box available for open submission in the reception of the university, in okay. the, the art school, um, and then events like this today where we have um, submission forms available for them as well. Yeah, I think some people, yeah, people could post them. I've met someone in Edinburgh, like, pick some up and stuff. So, so people right. from all over, like, there's people that have been at the art school and then gone away and we made an Instagram, so I think we've got, like, loads of people followed us. Yeah, we had, like, two posts and there was so, like, like the Zine community is really nice. Just all these yeah. Zine places all over the UK just started following us, so I feel like everyone's really supportive. Yeah. yeah. There is a lot of people trying to find their own kind of thing around, yeah. online and whatnot. Yeah, it's definitely, it's... Uh, it's a good prospect. So have you got bigger, wider plans with it then? Yeah, I think getting the library, I was speaking to the Edinburgh Zine Library people today and they are going to send us over, like, they're in the central library in Edinburgh, right, which is okay. amazing, so it's like, they're going to help us with oh. the wording of it, they're going to send us their proposal. Fantastic, so, that's great. Yeah, just get it in the library and then uh, try and get people to take on the responsibility for it and figure out how it works basically, because it's something we kind of done it and it exists now and it's just going back and like figuring out how it functions and what right. it's uses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, rather than a one-off yeah, event. What the rules are and how to keep something going like when you're not there sort of thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, is this all on like Twitter and Instagram and everything? Then you said you had an Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Instagram's the main one. I think we did make a Facebook. And we do have an email address. I think. Yeah, I don't think we've ever checked. I think it's <laughs> DJCAD. I think Learning. it's DJCAD's in library at email. Learning how to be professional. Yeah, DJCAD's in library. I think Instagram. I feel like everyone is in great platform because you get images and text yeah, 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 and that totally. kind of suits the zines that kind of yeah hopping. Cool, fantastic. Well, thank you very much. No, thank, thank you. Thank so I am here with the I Quit Comics folks. Uh, if you'd like to introduce yourselves, I'm Joe, uh, and I'm Sarah. Um, have you had a good day at the uh, Dundee Scene Fest? Yeah, it's been really good actually. <laughs> oh, totally. Uh, it's picked up towards the end, definitely, and everyone's been really nice, which is the main thing. Yeah, it seems like the table's been actually quite busy. Every time I've looked over, somebody's been here. So. Yeah, for sure. No, really, really, really good. Um, yeah, definitely come again. It's the first time doing one outside of Dundee or Edinburgh, uh, sorry, Glasgow or Edinburgh, so definitely right, been, the, been nice to come up and have something a bit different here. So <laughs> are you venturing out to other ones? Um, Later this year or next year, or no, is this just kind of the furthest? This is the furthest we've been so far, but I mean, we've definitely looked at 
doing some down south and stuff, but never actually thought they've applied for any yet, but right, we'll okay. see, I mean it might be, might be something we yeah, can yeah, do yeah. eventually. Um, so, <laughs> what kind of... Um, your, your comics here that you've got just now, we've spoken about Fit for Nothing before on uh, on the podcast actually, um, and I've picked up Hank myself as well, and it was uh, both highly entertaining, uh, so tell us a bit about uh, um, both of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose someone actually joked with us that maybe we need to find another theme other than uh, bashing the DWP because there seems to be... <laughs> But yeah, no, they're both kind of like, I suppose... It's fair play to me. <laughs> <laughs> slightly uh, absurd, slightly comic, slightly dark kind of stories about people maybe struggling and kind of systems, uh, whether it's kind of like finding a job in the gig economy or, um, <laughs> or kind of creatures being made out of uh, people on benefits, spare digits. Yes. Um, yeah, kind of like dark, kind of satires, really. Yeah, okay. that's what I'd say. Is it is that kind of a, a, a theme or anything that sets with you quite um, quite personally? Is it something? Is this the reason yeah. that it's been too kind of <laughs> too, too maybe too a, to come out of it? maybe a wee bit. I mean, I think that um, it, the first the fit for nothing idea really started when. Um, I'd seen a few of those, uh, a few articles about people being on uh, benefits, getting letters saying they're fit for the work, but receiving them after they died. And I thought, wow, that's like really tragic and kind I was of like, say, that's quite a like inhumane, really. Um, and we just thought, and then we both met each other actually working for a mental health charity doing support work. All right, okay. And there was so many people uh, who were in a situation where maybe they were schizophrenic or you know bipolar or. You know, and the, the idea of going to work in that moment in time, at least anyway, was kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, we know, knew from kind of spending time with them that they were feeling a lot of pressure from the DWP to kind of prove their worth to get benefits or whatever. Uh, and then that combined with the fact that we were both trying to like look at getting jobs in the current jobs market. Yeah. <laughs> I thought like the stresses of that and the stresses of living with kind of like mental health needs kind of, it just sort of, it seems kind of absurd, you know, so we made a kind of absurd comic about it's it. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it definitely takes, it takes the absurdity level and it, it makes it humorous and funny, but you, you do tell that there is that kind of undertone of, yeah, this is, this is actually happened. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we didn't want to be preachy about it, I think, I was, it was like, both being a bit angry about it, we thought, let's make a joke out of it instead of, kind of, preaching and see if yeah, it's the totally. same kind of message, but... Yeah, and then now, am I right in saying Chills Two? Is that is that is that just come out recently? Have you just done that one recently? Yeah, just um, in the last couple of weeks actually. Okay. Um, I had to like post last weekend. Okay. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And like for Halloween and everything. So like Chills One, I made that probably like three, four years ago, uh, and I just thought. Well, that's probably something that I have the capacity to do in the time frame yeah, yeah. that I've given myself, so I went for another one. Cool, perfect. Oh, it's definitely, uh, definitely landed at a good time, anyway. Yeah. You know, coming up for Halloween. <laughs> perfect. Well, thank you very much for talking to me, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. It's a packing up snack. So <laughs> I totally didn't do that earlier today. I am here with the organisers of the Dundee Zine Fest. I'm Becca. And I'm Kirsty. Um, 
just wanted to come across and say great fest. Really, really good. Thank really you, enjoyed thank it. You. Thank you so much. Um, great atmosphere. Everybody's been really nice and everything as well. So it's, it's been fantastic. And you guys have been good going around, sort of checking in on everybody and that as well. You don't see that a lot, so that's that's good. It's really? nice. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you wonder about. No, I don't see happens. that quite a lot. I mean, you've got like conventions and stuff. You don't see that. Yeah. So you get in, set up, and that's it. Yep, I've been there. That's why, in my own experience, I've been at Zinefest and not really been spoken to by the organisers. And maybe there's no time to do that, but. We're just wanting to make friends with everyone. Yeah, you seem pretty on ball with it, definitely. That's nice, that's good. Yeah, I just want to make new zine pals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want everyone who's here to feel welcome. And yeah. a lot of people have travelled through to Dundee, so maybe the connections aren't there yet. So, yeah, yeah. saying hi doesn't take much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so how did the zine fest come about? Is it just being fans of zines in general? Or, or fans of art? Or? But both. Yeah, um, both, yeah, we both studied at Duncan and Jordanson. Uh, I did fine art and Becca did time-based art. And we've both been involved with creative projects around Dundee. Mm-hmm. Um, you were involved with Yuck and Yum, but since Yuck and Yum is kind of not really a thing anymore, there's been a bit of a gap. Okay. And as zine makers ourselves, we decided to fill it. And it's, I mean, we've been talking about this for about two years, I think. Okay. And then we just... Right, that's it, we're doing it. it. And it came together quite quickly, actually. Yeah, it, yeah, we kind of turned it around quite quickly. Um, I used to put the zine fair on when it was Yuck and Yum that ran it in the city. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a fun thing to do. And since Yuck and Yum has kind of changed its format and they're not producing the zine anymore, their presence within the zine community is is not, not the same as it was. And... Um, yeah, we both felt like it would be really nice to have a zine friend say. We both wanted to do it, and so we put our brains together, and we did it. Um, we've tabled a couple of times together at other zine fairs and little publication events, and we both go to zine fairs independently. So okay. it just made sense to be the ones sending out the emails and opening up the open call. <laughs> it's, it's good to see because you've, um, you've put a lot of, like, there's obviously a lot of zines and very much like art-based projects, but there's also a lot of comics and stuff in amongst it as well, so there's not been like a prejudice to like oust out the comic side or oust out anything and keep it strictly zine, so it's, it's good to see a good mix and everybody kind of getting on together and whatnot. It's, uh, Variety is the yeah. spice of life. Uh, exactly. I think in Dundee as well, there is such a big comics community <laughs> that how can you not acknowledge that and yeah. show off all this fantastic work and we've got you know, compendiums from the Dundee comic space, well, the, you know, the kids club and the comics club, and it's just, you know, kids that are eight years old making some of the best comics and zines I've ever seen. Yeah, Everyone's welcome. Yeah. It's been really nice actually speaking to comics makers from other cities mm-hmm. who have said that maybe because comics exist but there's not necessarily that sort of centralised community of comic makers yeah, which yeah. we maybe have in Dundee because of the comic space and because yeah. of the university and its masters and PhDs in comic studies. Um, yeah, the, it's been really nice to see them, the people from other cities that are doing comics, chatting and yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, you tend to find it's only like big hubs of like the Edinburgh groups, the Glasgow groups, and then it goes to Manchester, London, and that's it. When you get to some place like Dundee, I don't think they feel as intimidated coming to sort of a smaller city and joining in with the fun. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, good, it's a good shout. And uh, you've been doing a collection for the food bank as well. How did that uh, get in the mix? Um, it's good to do good. It's just right? good to do good, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, 
I always feel like DIY events in Dundee, there's generally a bit of a feel for and a push for making connections to other sectors and other organisations in the city and kind of giving them a presence and a platform to the, to the community that whatever that DIY thing is. I know that the guys from Make That I Take Records, and um, whenever they put on a gig, they they often do things for the food bank okay. and um, various other collections and work with uh, other uh, sectors to just kind of boost their presence and pop them on people's radar. Sometimes yeah, yeah, it's totally. even as simple as that. So yeah. you see, I mean, you see like sort of cons or whatnot all donate to a charity of some sort but it's, it's definitely the first time I've seen an event like this actually actively put out a, a list saying that you know this is what the food bank needed it's uh, yeah it's nice and unique it's good it's, it makes a, it makes a difference and I think it makes people sort of appreciate coming to something like this a wee bit more because you're going to help out some place else whilst sort of helping out and informing a community of people as well it's good yeah it's interesting thank you <laughs> right, you two are very busy, so I will let you get on. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and being part of the festival. Thanks. And also for your support in the lead up to today, actually. Um, that Comic Smell has been really, really oh. supportive since we even, I feel like he knew we were going to put the open call out. It feels <laughs> like we did, before we'd even done it, it felt like, yeah, the support was there. And I think there's something going really on with I think there's something going on with Twitter because I always get notified <laughs> of Dundee things like instantaneously when they bomb up. So, like, they must know. So. Yeah, very much appreciated. Yes, thank you so thank much. You. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, I really hope this isn't too windy. Um, so, that is Dundee Zine Fest done. So, yeah. Really enjoyed that. That was great meeting everybody. Um, really enjoyed meeting our uh, music maker, chart smasher himself, uh, Joe Needham. Uh, it was actually massively fun just standing speaking to him for most of the day. To be honest, he's definitely uh, one of the that comic smell crew. One of our, uh, one of our pod brothers. <laughs> yeah, we had good table mates with uh, eating paper, um, and uh, Katrina Laird was literally right beside us. Um, spoke to her on the anthology episode with Rebecca. So yeah, thanks very much for listening, guys. That was our, uh, our special little Dundee Z Fest episode. Hopefully, we'll have more of these in the future. I'll. Uh, I'm looking forward to maybe getting one at ECAF when it comes up, uh, which should be soon. And uh, I look forward to when Dunfermline Comic Con rolls around in uh, in March. Getting there and speaking to loads of creators and whatnot there as well. And we'll hopefully have the whole crew behind us then. See if we can get them all chatting. Okay. Thanks very much, folks. And uh, see you soon. So I'm here with a friend of the podcast and previous guest, yes. Olivia Hicks. Hello. Um, and we were at the Dundee Zine Fest. Mm-hmm. What were your general thoughts, first of all, of the uh, of the whole fest fair? Business? I really liked it. I felt like it was it was the kind of thing that I'm like, yes, we need this in Dundee, and it's so good to have this in Dundee. And then the quality of stuff that came out, I was like, yes, this is like 
it's just I feel like people always talk about Dundee being like capital of comics like you really consider DC Thompson's legacy and stuff in the yeah. area and it was nice to be able to prove that the small press comics in Dundee are just as great yeah. and that Dundee is a comics capital not just because of DC Thompson but also because of the small press creators who are located in Dundee and the mm. work that they're doing here um, so it was I thought that was it, it was nice to have a chance to sort of prove that yeah, yeah, and yeah. to sort of celebrate the local Dundonian Dundonians and the fact that people came up from other cities as well yeah, Edinburgh yeah, yeah. and stuff to in order to and I think Newcastle in order to like show off what they did, I was really happy with it. I thought mm-hmm. it was a really good day, and there was like quite a good amount of football actually. Yeah, it was. It was actually it was really busy. I didn't expect it to be as busy, considering you know it's the first one, mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't exactly like the biggest location ever. Mm-hmm. Like Rosango Cafe, a lot of people were saying as they were coming in, like, oh, "I always go past this place, but I've never come in." Yeah, that's me. And then it, yeah, so it was just like. I, I didn't expect it to be as as uh, as packed, but it was. It was really like there was points. I was speaking to Katrina, who was mm-hmm. beside us at one point, and I was having to shout to speak to her because it was like, oh my because God, so many people. Yeah. I was being so loud in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Only a couple of times in a year, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. Um, we do have like because we've got Decon, but Decon seems to focus a lot more on like the anime and cosplay aspect. Yeah, there is the comic that aspect of it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get as like publicized as much. I would say. I think what is great about Zine Fest is that it's like a ziny sort of thing. Cause, like zines are such a weird little niche of their own. Yeah, and I thought like having a Zine Fest was kind of you know you're gonna get weird ass comics when you get a Zine mm-hmm. Fest, and that's what. I kind of increasingly am drawn towards a just weird ass comic, yeah. like somebody's passion project, and it's like it makes like there was a one person who they had like a whole zine about like typography on LPs, and it was like amazing. Oh, nice! I I, I got a copy, and I haven't I haven't read it yet, but I was like, this is the kind of niche like this is what I'm passionate about. Yeah, it's yeah. like this is I'm here for this, and that's what's <laughs> great about zines is it's like really weird niche things that people get into. Well, I was, I was speaking to the folks at the the zine library, <laughs> and they were showing us like somebody cut up like an Argos catalogue and it was like stuff I won't buy from Argos <laughs> and they just bound it together with like fish line or whatever and it's, yeah. you know that kind of that kind of thing doesn't get seen by anybody unless you've got wee fairs like that you know yeah um, it was the same with the, the folks that were next to us as well they were selling a it was like photographs of collections of badges beer coasters yeah and sweetie labels Rory's cut table yeah eating paper yeah. That was, yeah, that stuff is so good. Yeah. And like, so I think we did have like more like sort of standard small press comic stuff, but to get like the sort of zine element where it's literally just somebody feels really passionate about something and then they just make a zine about it, which is really speaks to my heart. Me and my friend are trying to, me and my friend have already started talking about doing a Philip Schofield zine, so we're very. <laughs> Because we're both like weirdly obsessed with him, we can't explain or put a finger on what is our obsession. So we're like, we need to do a zine about Bip Schofield. Um, but no, it was uh, it was good to see. Like, I was speaking to the organisers at the end, but we were talking about how it was a good mash of like there was like the art world and then the small kind of uh, in between sort of comics and art zine folks, mm-hmm. and then there was full on comics. But it was all together. It wasn't like nobody was 
like the, he'd put the comics over here and we'll put the zine folk mm -hmm. over here and then this is the predominantly art people here it was like it was almost like comics art zine comics art zine and then yeah. there's people who literally just had like a mash of everything on their table which you don't get at like a, a comic convention or like an a craft fair or anything like that you literally do just get like zines at one comics at the other and all that so it was a good it was a good mix it was really good mm -hmm. um i i, I can't really think of anywhere else that does anything like that, really. I mean, like, I think there were zine fairs, like, there's, like, lots of zine fairs that happen down south that I always mm. hear about, and it'd be nice to get to one of those one day. But, like, yeah, I mean, I know that Edinburgh's comic fair, whatever, is coming up soon. Yeah, the yeah, BHP yeah. one. So, I think, yeah, That's I like think... two weeks or something. It's very close. Yeah. Um, Are you going? I might go as a punter, but mm. I haven't got any plans to... Oh, actually, it's, like, it's the same day as my Winona Up season three DVD is arriving, so um, I'm having a Winona Up season three party instead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I, will, I probably will not make it, but um, yeah, I think those kind of small press things are really great to have, and it's really encouraging to be able to like get just get people interested in, in your comics. I just think it's nice whenever I go to a thing and somebody wants to actually buy a comic that I've made. So yeah, that's true, and you're table was pretty packed. It was packed. Well, Zoo's <laughs> done so many comics. I feel like Zoo brought only a fraction of all the stuff they've done. <laughs> like, Zoo has just done s such an output of comics. And then, like, I've got, like, <laughs> like some really shitty stuff that I did early this year, and I've got, like, some more professional-looking stuff that I did later this year. So I feel like everything on that table was stuff I'd made in the past year, and I felt like you got and like I felt like there was a bit of a glow up in my work <laughs> like you really saw like I think people maybe didn't appreciate the fact that it was all from this year and how much I progressed and got better and I was, was going to say that was some solid output if that was just from this year the last year's 24 hour comic only got produced this year so that technically still counts I'm counting that in as a this year yeah, comic yeah definitely yeah. but uh, yeah it was all like it's all this year stuff that Jeez. I did so that was good that, yeah I'd, I'd, it was like every time I was sort of having a look about your table, definitely mm -hmm. had always somebody standing, like either chatting or buying something. So well, I can chat. So if somebody gets on the topic <laughs> that I'm interested, I will sit there, I will talk at them for an hour. But yeah, I think people really seem to like the stuff, and we did pretty well, I thought, as a table. And yeah, it was really good. It was it was a really good day, especially considering it's the first one. It's in Rose Angle Cafe, mm -hmm. which a lot of people maybe not are not familiar with. It's and quite it was secluded. A, and it was a zine well. fest, which, I yeah. mean, how many people are really going to be like, oh, a zine fest, I've really got to get down. That's like the <laughs> niche of the niche of the niche. Yeah. So, like, considering all of that, we had... And there's some people who were there for hours. Like, you saw mm -hmm. them just milling in that space for, like, a good two to three hours. Yeah. Checking yeah. out everything. So, and I didn't even... I did a sort of a sweep round, but I spent my money very quickly. And so I had to do, like, another sweep round. So yeah, I didn't, it was kind of the same. I didn't get a proper sweep around. So I didn't get to properly... Think, see everything that had happened. So there was a lot of material there. Yeah. Even definitely. in that small space. Mm -hmm. It was really great. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was pretty successful for being like the first one, definitely. And mm -hmm. um, so you touched upon it. Well, we touched upon it just quickly there. Uh, what you had with you. Mm -hmm. So um, obviously, you had uh, two 
big new ones that you had with mm-hmm. you. Uh, you had uh, Sarara <laughs> and Sharkwife. Sharkwife. Yes, which I haven't seen yet. So um, basically, 24-hour comedy, if anybody doesn't know, is you have 24 hours to write and draw your comic. So you've got to like... You're supposed to actually come up with the whole idea in the 24 hours, mm-hmm. which is actually this year I actually did it. So I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do, and I rolled a couple of dice, like storytelling dice. Okay. And there was like a shark and a tent and <laughs> something else. And I was like, okay, like it's a shark and it's a music festival. Because I want to do music anyway, because I love music. Yep. I knew I wanted to do something with music, because I love music comics. And I felt that at Full Bubble this year, there wasn't enough like sort of queer women sort of romance comics, which is what I would spend all my money on if I had a chance. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, make the comics you want to see in the world. So I was like, cool. So this is what I'm going to do. So I kind of did it in about 22 and a half hours, I think, in the end. The cover is obviously, the covers and the extra stuff is all a post 24 hour comic day. Yeah. Um, Cause, and I think my favorite thing about it, and people tell me they can't see this, but I can see it really clearly, is I can see the exact moment I gave up and wanted to die and was just doing it to get it done. <laughs> I can see the dip in the art quality. There's like a really good page of art inking and then it just dips. And it just suddenly is like, and suddenly it just like is like, I stopped caring. And then like, I kind of keep it going for a little bit longer. And then you can see by the end of it, I'm just like, just get it done. <laughs> just get it done. Yeah, I so I can't really see. It's, it stays pretty consistent. I think. I mean, this is this is near the end. The boat. Well, yeah. Um, well, like the first two pages took me half an hour to ink, and I was like, "Well, I don't have time for this." <laughs> so, like, I was like, "This is." It was already two o'clock in the morning. I was like, "This has got to get faster than this." So, a lot of it was supposed to be a lot more dark colors. Where it's supposed to be a lot more like night scenes, and I just got okay. it like people know it's at night. <laughs> they'll get they'll get the gist of it. Um, so, and I like emailed, I messaged, was messaging my face and a friend on Facebook, like, I, who I know studies Moby Dick and was like, I need like Moby Dick sort of gay puns and like, what can we, what can you do with me? So she gave me Moby Dick. So I was like, that's great. It's going to be the name of the band. And so like, it, so that's kind of how it all kind of went down. Um, yeah. So it's basically, and I, it was kind of like the way I like to describe 24 hour comic day as it went down in DCCS this year was, it was like 12 angry men. Except it was six tired, thirsty art students and me slowly convincing everybody they wanted to marry a shark. <laughs> I was like, but seriously though, like a shark, it would be cute. And everyone was like, oh, like at, at 12 o'clock at night, I wasn't feeling it. But at five o'clock in the morning, I'm now starting to feel it. I'm like, yes. It's totally going for it. So that was Shark Wife. Sarara is about, it's sort of like my love letter to Archie and yes. Patsy Walker. It's like... Mm-hmm. You can tell that even from like the cover. The, the cover, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like straight off the bat. Uh, and it's just about like a teen, an alien in a high school in the 1950s, and everyone's obsessed with her. Basically, mm. is the I think the basic running gist of it. Yeah, I th- I still absolutely love that. Um, is it the bit when uh, it says like, "Oh no, I'm a bad bitch" now, or something <laughs> like that? Um, I still piss myself laughing every Fred, time I see that. Fred, Francine, Francine, Francine says, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a bad bitch now. Yeah. That was my Greece reference, because Greece is like another thing I love, and I got it. It felt at the time that it had taken me ages to get to Greece, and now I'm like, oh, it was only like, like two weeks before it was like Greece <laughs> reference. Because <laughs> uh, I do it weekly, it comes out weekly. It's on hiatus at the moment between chapter one and chapter two starting up. It's going to come back January, first sort of Monday in January, it'll be okay. back. Um, so 
So it, there is going to be more. Oh yeah, it's like a free part, I think. <laughs> nice. I'm, I think it's going to end with the prom, so they've got to get to the prom. <laughs> so the final sort of thing will be about this prom that they're all planning and they're all sort of working towards. Uh, and sort of, I'm sort of planning it in my head at the moment. I sort of have vague sort of ideas of where I want all the characters to sort of go, and mm-hmm. so I don't know yet how much of it's going to happen in chapter two, hopefully quite a bit of it. Yeah. It kind of works on a very haphazard basis on that I have a vague storyline in my head and what happens is every Sunday or every day I sit down to do it, I just kind of think, oh, what can I tell in four panels? And like, <laughs> that will still have a funny joke at the end of it. And so that's, it gets, it's a very haphazard thing. And so for it to have come across weekly and then to kind of come all together into some sort of a format, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I'm really proud of it. It's like a really weird thing. I made it it's like a really weird doodle I did once for Inktober last year, and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> and Letty Wilson was like, "It's Sarara," as she named the character. It was like she's like, "It's, like, it's Sarara. It's great." And I was like, "It is." <laughs> like, and so because of that, it now is this thing, and yeah. I don't know what it is, but people really like it, and yeah, I don't know what it is. It's always is. It's always something that pops up on the on the Twitter feed, like every now and then. Even if you don't say something, there's always somebody saying something positive about it, which is always a good thing. Broken Frontier said nice things about it, and I'm like, I was like, I told my parents, I was like, I got a really good review of Sarara from Sequent Sequent Art Sequent 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 Art or something. It's like a, it's like a comic book review yeah, site, yeah, but I don't yeah. know how to say the how to say the title. Right. I was like, I got a really good review of it, and they were like, Oh yes, that's really great. And I was like, Yeah, I sent it to my friend, and they were like, Who works there? And they were like, mm, it Seems less great when you mention nepotism. And I was like, No, he's totally unbiased, but I do know the guy who does the reviews. Um, but like, they did a really good. They gave it a positive review, and then Brooklyn Frontier gave it a positive review, and then people like just and I think people read it, but also being like, Yeah, it's great, but like maybe this could work better. And maybe this could work better and it's mm. like great to do that in the middle of a project so you're like yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's kind of giving you ideas about going forward like maybe i should do a bit more color and maybe i should do this and mm-hmm. bring this animals. so like i am like also i do also take on board what people say yeah in the critiques and like what people say about it and i'm gonna try and bring that into it going forward so hopefully it's gonna just keep getting stronger as a as a project but yeah, we'll totally. see um, I saw um, David had done like a, a guest one. Yeah. Is there, is there other folks that have done guest ones? Mm hmm. Right, so okay. basically, I've done two comics for David. I've, I've drawn two strips of his for um, Wow Retracted and yes. Break the Cake. Mm-hmm. And he was always like, I owe you a comic, so if you ever want me to draw anything, you, you know I'll draw it. So I was like, oh. <gasps> guest comics like like, like the ego trip i was like oh my gosh get someone to draw my own comic so i was like oh like i was like you write it you can do anything you want about it and he was like cool and he came back so quickly he was like this is what i want to do he was he was so quick on he was like this is what i want to do and i was like yes so to finally be able to put out that one is really great and then the other people who did stuff for it is my friend robbie curran actually just did fan art just because he liked the design of the character yep. so that's in the back and then the other one is my friend georgia i because we me and georgia used to work together and we're always talking about doing some sort of a comic together mm. and i know georgia draws and she's really into like sort of 50 stuff and so she does a very 50 style so i was like that's so i was perfect. like would you be interested in doing it and she was like 
Yes. So she <laughs> wrote this sort of really funny sort of two pages, which will be up online beginning of December. Okay. It's in the book. If people have the book, you can read it. It yeah. works in, it's like so catalogical. I like they had different approaches. So like David was very much like just a standalone thing. Yes. And then like Georgia was like, nah, it's very much, it's like it happens at this moment in the comic. <laughs> And it's with Francine and Judith, who, like, Francine is my favorite character. Like, I love her so yep. much. I feel like you shouldn't have favorites, but Francine is my favorite. Because <laughs> she makes a lot of, of trashy decisions. I was going to say, it's, it's different when it's your own thing. It's, you know, you're not meant to, but meh. Yeah. You do eventually. You get, you, you get more used to drawing a certain character and writing for a certain character and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I feel like the script just, like comes alive when Judith, when Francine is in it. Yeah. And like Georgia chose to write about Francine and Judith's relationship, which I really have because Francine and Judith have this really weird friendship where Judith is basically in love with Francine and Francine doesn't really realise. <laughs> and it's this thing that's gonna continue to carry on and develop between the two of them. Um, so I was really glad that she chose to do that moment because that was one of my funniest... I thought that was one of my favourite gags in the script. Mm. I normally just think about it every week and the, I had the idea for this one where Judith would sort of be just a Judith strip where she would like have her own sort of segue. Yeah. And I thought it, I was like laughing to myself and I was like, I've got to just write this down now because this is too good to lose in a week's time. So yeah, basically I do stuff that makes me laugh. <laughs> well, that's, that's the main thing, definitely. So um, what else did you have with you? You said you had 24... Approved, um, the, approved by the comic code approved by the um, comics code was the one I did last year yeah. it was about it's like about a drag queen superhero sort of set in like a 1930s Fleischer sort of Superman world it's very yeah. like everyone has to talk like this and it's the mafia and you gotta get that scoop and they work for a newspaper and they sort of uh, investigate in the mafia um, I think it's really interesting how much the art is different from that one to the shark wife. Like the yeah, yeah. difference in the art between a year is to a me, I'm jump. like, it's a massive difference. Yeah. Uh, so it's like my baby, but also I'm like, oh no, I learned so much about how to draw. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I had a fifth harmony zine, which is like we're seeing about fifth harmony. They did a performance on Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel where they had to sexually fix a JCB cut t- truck. <laughs> And they obviously don't know how DIY works. And they're like, when you zoom in the back, you can see they'll just be members of the band just like drilling a tire or like measure. <laughs> or they like pour water on a tire and they just kind of wipe it or they'll like measure stuff. And it's like, it's really funny. It's a really funny video. Right. So I did a zine about that because I thought it was amazing. And then my Betty and Veronica zine, which yes. is basically my favorite thing I've probably ever done, which is I got commandos and cut Betty and Veronica's faces onto them and changed some of the lines but not all of the lines and like just kind of let the natural homoeroticism of everything that was happening flow and it's basically a world war ii alternative universe <laughs> where they are fighting the germans and love issues and it's and it's got like the background of it is sort of a lot of tumblr posts that kind of exploded when riverdale kind of came out mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of sort of, it's like basically my love letter to that whole fandom stuff and like all of the stuff that people were making and being so creative about and all the Archie stuff that people had taken out of context for years. And it's just like this explosion of just, of just like Betty and Veronica's stuff. And it's, I think it's really funny. A guy told me that he thought it was one of the funniest things he ever read at Zinefest. And that's been my proudest moment. Yeah, that's pretty big. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Um, so apart from the next installments of uh, Sarah, rah, rah, mm-hmm. rah, uh, have you got anything you can talk about that's coming down the pipeline? Yeah. 
Yes, a little bit. Um, I've just started working on something which hopefully will be out in time for sometime next year. So okay. sort of a spring Comic Con if I get a table. Okay. That'll that'll dictate dictate when it's gonna be done for. Right, okay. Um and it is something I'm working on with my friend Haley Austin and mm -hmm. it's called The Love Ranch. And it is a sort of Western romance comic. And it's sort of set in the sort of the eighties and okay. it's like Dynasty and Dallas oh. and Western aesthetics in this melodramatic romance about this woman called Bo Love. She's named after Bodacious, her father's favorite bull. And he wants her to marry Cliff, who's this horrible guy whose wife has died in suspicious circumstances. And she doesn't. She wants to continue to ride her horse in barrel races and her and see her boyfriend Casey, who's like a, a, a bull rider. Okay. And she has this evil family called Mary Lee, who's my favorite character. And Mary Lee is plotting to keep everybody apart and to destroy everything. And there's just a lot of drama. And it's sort of a standalone thing, but hopefully will develop into sort of an ongoing soap opera. It's yeah. like a lot of... I cannot spoil the ending, but the ending is ridiculous. <laughs> and I've just started working on sort of working out the inks for that and how the inking style is going to look out. So it's all thumbnailed at this point. The script written, oh, it's thumbnailed. I'm working out inking and what level of colouring it's going to be. And hopefully we'll be starting to pencil it by the end of the month. And it's going to be like my winter project. Fantastic. And I'm really excited about it. That sounds awesome. Definitely. It's totally. It's wild. <laughs> it's just wild. I like. I spent a lot of time designing outfits. Mm -hmm. More time than I normally spend designing everybody's outfits and designing everybody's boots. Western boots. Yeah, I can imagine that. I made hard. the University of Dundee Library interlibrary inter loan in a book on Western shirts for it. And they were like, is this to do with your research? I was like, mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So there's Definitely. really intricate clothing in it and a lot of horses, which I don't really know how to draw. And it's, it's, it's still in very early stages, but I'm really excited about it. In all fairness, when you start off like it's influenced by Dallas and Dynasty, you're like, yeah, you're off to a good start there. <laughs> but like, bear in mind when I say this, I've never properly watched Dynasty or Dynasty. I've watched two scenes. You don't need to. You and I've listened to... to the soundtrack a lot. Yeah. And I've listened to, I've watched Douglas Sirk's Written on the Wind, and this is like what I bring, and I've watched Desert Hearts. So I bring all of these <laughs> random influences together, and then Haley actually is from Colorado, and she knows about barrel That's racing. And it's like sort of teaching me about like, so the thing that's driving me mad at the moment is that you cannot dismount a horse from the horse's right, you have to dismount from the horse's left. Yes. Right, so this is a fact. Yes. But in a comic, the first person to speak always speaks on the left. So it's like, it, and it's driving me slowly mad. All the, I'm having to completely rethink how I plan panels because there's a lot of people who are the first person to speak in each panel dismounting on this mountain. Uh, and I'm like, and she's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, oh, so yeah. If anybody picked up Chronicle and they saw me and Haley's comic from that, we did a comic called The Girl from Dundee, Nebraska, which is sort of the spiritual precursor or cousin to the love ranch and that's sort of the general vibe of yeah you were in the chronicles yes yeah, yeah. so that's sort of the general vibe of ridiculousness that you're gonna get it's completely over the top we've watched a lot of shania twain videos <laughs> and that's that's the best preparation there's right so there. much shania twain yes. like i had one design for the character of mary lee and then i watched the shania twain video i was like you've got to change the design to get this shania hair into this video nice so it's a lot of like i know nothing about country western anything nothing at all 
So I'm learning about country music. I'm listening to country music to get this done. I'm listening. I'm looking at Western boots, Western shirts, watching barrel racing videos. So it's a lot of really new stuff that I don't know anything about, but I like the general aesthetic of it. What uh, what what Spotify playlist? It's oh, we have a Spotify playlist we've made up. So we've got. I, I oh, make, you've made one Oh yeah, we've made about four or five. Right, I have. Okay. So there's a country cowgirl style playlist, which is sort of the general <laughs> music thing, and then there's one for the love ranch, which has a lot of soap themes in it. Then there's character playlists. So uh, Bo has a lot of. Um, it's sort of like it's country songs about riding free and being born oh, okay. to ride and then Casey her boyfriend has a lot of sort of like Latin sort of salsa music that also kind of mixes with other stuff and then Mary Lee has songs where they're like you're a bad girl <laughs> and it's sort of like a little bit of punk rock and it's just stuff I like so a little bit of punk rock a little bit of uh, country music yeah Nice. So those nice. are all on my Spotify. <laughs> if people need feel the need to listen in advance and know what's going on. Uh, so country uh, music tangent aside, uh, where can everybody get your stuff? Uh, I don't have a shop yet because I'm really behind. Um, but what I do have is if people want to read Sarara, you can catch that on Tumblr. It's called Sarara. That's uh, Sara as in like S A R A and then Free Raz webcomic.tumblr.com and you can read all the Sarara on that and then if people just want to keep up with stuff then the best place to do that is probably my Instagram which is all art all the time mm-hmm. and then some trashy selfies and it's uh, Lasso Magica Riscate R-E-S-C-A-R-T-E at whatever Instagram however you get onto an Instagram if you type in Olivia Hicks it should show up I was going to say usually when you type in Olivia Hicks it'll it show up yeah. it'll show up um, that's basically because I have like a weird Spanish Wonder Woman jet toy and one of the things she says in Spanish is Lasso Magica Riscate and <laughs> I don't know what it means something about her, lag- her magic Lasso Sue's got to do something and I don't know what okay. it is and I foolishly named my Instagram that before I realised that people might actually need to find me on Instagram. Yeah, it tends to happen. <laughs> that and Twitter handles. My Twitter handle is at Miss Olivia Hicks. That's fairly easy to find. Probably if I was going to open a shop that would probably be where it would be most advertised. So those are all good, solid places to find me. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for taking us through. It's no worries. And so there you have it. That was... Basically, that comic smell at the first ever Dundee Zine Fest. Apologies for the wind in the the last bit. I just thought I'd do a quick wrap up as we were walking down the road, and uh, obviously I met up with Olivia after it to get her thoughts and feelings on Dundee Zine Fest as well, and uh, get her to explain what she had with her. So hope you enjoyed all of that, and we will see you next time. To send us any comments or questions or just to say hello, you can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com. We're also available on Instagram and Twitter at thatcomicsmell. Share the podcast with your friends and followers. We're available on YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Our music is by Chart Smasher, aka John Adam. You can find John on Twitter at Joe Needham and you can buy the track Dial Up on Bandcamp. <laughs>